0: welcome to the wise Air podcast we have lots to talk about tonight because of developments over the weekend so gonna get straight onto it um, which is good because we were just going to talk about a, a rubbish 1-1 draw and then a, a preview against Burton and we would have probably have to try and nug some content out of that so joining myself Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker tonight we have Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. And it's a good time to get you on, Phil. Good old chat tonight. I
1: was I was really excited to get stuck into the one-one Fleetwood draw. I'm just <laughs> now. now.
0: Oh, or the upcoming Burton game. <laughs> I know. I forgot I like about that. the game today. I do Do you know what? I didn't even know if we're at home or we're, we're away. We, we are at home. Are we?
1: Yeah, <laughs> we are. Okay. It <laughs> Don't
0: know what that matter. says. No, you can get away with that. No. Well, let's say you can't go, so it's not like you know. Not like, I need to plan my Tuesday night or anything. Would we'll you be sitting yeah. in the house like every other night watching it? I, um, I'm in charge, yeah.
1: Stephen. Did you not read the statement?
0: <laughs> well, I, I'd back you. I, I saw your football manager yeah. um, achievements yeah. with Forrest Green, so it's a good, it's a good CV that I think I've, um, I've, might get you might get you far.
1: I've been on the phone with my mate Steve Evans, taking some tips, talked him through the team. <laughs> I'm
2: looking forward
0: to it. I wonder if he's. Um, throw his hat into the ring
2: after that I'm sure um, it's fairly in the ring didn't he say he'd, um was it like if Rotherham beat Leeds or something, he'd wear a sombrero for the post match press conference or something or the post match interview, and he did the date and he came out wearing a sombrero. I haven't imagined that yeah it rings was, a bell that.
0: Yeah, no, I think it does rings a bell, that yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. He said if they stay up, he'd come in his beachwear for the next game. Um,
0: That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not quite the same, but close enough. (laughs) Uh, Right, we're just going to fire loads of questions at you now, Phil, and assume you are in the know and uh, you have an idea as to uh, what is going on because things have unravelled um, quite quickly in the last few days. Um, Phil Parkinson obviously has been sacked. Um, What was your initial? Um, opinion or, or your thoughts on that Surprised at all or not? Uh, not
1: surprised, no um, I think for a few reasons I think that I, I felt the mood just kind of around the place Generally it, it shifted Fairly considerably after the MK Dons game yeah. um, You know, It's I been think, quick
0: hasn't it It's been yeah, a quick it has,
1: dive it, it, it has, it's been quick but pretty definitive I think, you know, kind of after that Sort of Swindon game um, you know, we were debating about whether the team had enough in attack and, and all that But there was a genuine, <laughs> general sense of kind of, you know, things were in reasonable order And I think the Portsmouth game just seemed to change everything really And, you know, that MK Don's game was a big one, I think Because not just the fact that they'd been beaten But I think the fact that they were outplayed, so poor um, And I, I, yeah, I sensed a big change in the mood around then And I always looked at this little break is a potentially quite crucial moment because you know i'll regret this when someone takes zero points but we are looking at a slight change in the fixture list it has got a little bit softer two home league games against struggling teams papa john's trophy game next tuesday so in that sense i wasn't i wasn't surprised at all and i kind of after the fleetwood game on friday night i was sort of on standby um all all weekend the bookcase new bookcase was half assembled um (laughs) But yeah, but of course the, the the bit where we're all kind of in the dark a little bit and wondering where it fits into is the wider picture of the club because as I say, while I wasn't surprised by the decision, generally trying to piece together where it fits in with this takeover or what have you is is the very very hard bit that I think we're all still trying to piece together. Yeah, to be fair. we'll
0: have a little we'll have a little chat about that. I mean, um, we, we you've said that unravelled quite quickly, and, and I think you were right, Gareth, and. In what you commented on, I can't remember if it was in the group chat or on social media that you tend to know that a manager knows he's done when they come out with strange things after the game that seems to have done it for them. Ironically, Poyet is the one we keep going back to after <laughs> yeah. after Bradford, but um, but it's it's you know when he started talking about the the slope on the pitch and and uh, you know and praising them, it was just oh that was what he said, wasn't it he he um started banging the whole, that old um drum about how fans expect to win three or four nil every week, and you just sing it's not gonna end well, and it's gonna end soon this yeah, i mean two goals would be nice you
2: know we don't get we don't score <laughs> twice very often um you know we, yeah we, <laughs> It, it wasn't kind of with Parkinson. It, it wasn't out of sync with some of the stuff he generally says after games. Um, when we've had results that you know aren't ideal, because um, he does say strange things at times. <laughs> However, this was like an 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 additional um, la- layer of stupidity in in saying like the slope on the pitch and. All this and you know it's just daft. I mean, why didn't we win the first? It's half? The Fleetwood slope,
0: and... is a Fleetwood Slope? Has a Fleetwood Slope? Has a Fleetwood Slope ever been mentioned before? I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's the famous Sle- Fleetwood
1: Slope. It's Neat. It's Neat. Hulks with Cricket Club. That's all I'll
2: <laughs> say on it. Well, you, you never saw us in Newcastle in recent years, did it? There's a massive slope at St James's Park, um, and uh, we um, we never seen have any bother there, kicking either end. So. Um, I think it's just a load of rubbish isn't it I mean you know it, I just never thought to do it I just think the whole you was know, said before about it yeah you did you know, stick just your neck like, out on the line and, and say yeah, that yeah, didn't you i just yeah. never thought of weeks of, like, ago it just feels <laughs> like we're, in, we're just in stasis it, it just feels like going back to the appointment of Parkinson and it just feels as though we've been on hold since then um and it hasn't been, it, you know, it's, it's been a lot less enjoyable supporting Sunderland in this last 13, 14 months. Um, longer, obviously, after the sort of how it ended with Jack Ross, which was a shame because, you know, he, I think he was undermined in that summer and didn't get what he needed. And I'm not excusing him because, you know, he, he didn't improve things. Um From the season previously, um like he needed to at the start of that season um and unfortunately, Phil Parkinson's come in with a remit of getting us promoted, and yeah, he was a bit unlucky last year with <clears throat> what happened but um ultimately we've gone backwards under him, you know this is the this is the worst football we've probably have ever seen us play um you know, speaking to my dad about it yesterday and he was saying it's this is like under like after Partington was sacked and he was like it was just a, he said it's the worst he's seen since he's been gone. And like he's it's in the 60s, It's
0: interesting that because you know. like you know, we, we was we were sitting here after the Doncaster game and that what was infuriating about that game was not the way we played, we thought we played really well in the first half and we've we've put in a couple of decent performance like quite strong performances this season. Um I think, without getting the res- result we deserve. And I think what... done for Parkinson... I mean, anybody, any Sunderland fan could have walked up to Parkinson with 20 minutes left against Fleetwood and said, if you don't make some subs, you are going to get sacked. You do know this, don't you? Like, he must have been the only person who thought he could just carry on down that path to just not make subs and keep throwing leads away mm. and think that this wouldn't come back to haunt him. I mean... You've got to admire your stubbornness, Phil, I guess. his <laughs> strong-mindedness. Do, do you know what? Something, cost him his
1: job. Something on a completely unrelated point about the five subs that never occurred was because we were sat right in front of the right behind the Fleetwood subs on Friday night. I thought, I feel really sorry for the one lad who hasn't got on the pitch yeah. Because obviously Fleetwood um, used their five subs by about 70 minutes and there was just one lad sat in front of us. I thought, oh, oh, yeah. oh, it's tough to take that. But yeah, no, it was... It was look, listen... I think that was the thing about the Fleetwood game is that it was so similar not to the same extent just so similar at the Doncaster game the Friday before where the first half was I mean I don't think they played as well as they did against Doncaster in the first half at Fleetwood but they did okay you know they Fleetwood didn't hurt them um and then you expect the opposition to improve in the second half they did and they just did there was just no response no you know no change up um and that was just you know you know frustrating like you say when you see Fleetwood bringing on two players another two players players of real you know game changing (laughs) ability as well um
2: I think that was just a frustrating thing where was Mark Duffy recently Sheffield United he was wasn't he Mm
1: -hmm. I mean the bench honestly like and the the salary cap thing you know it was it wasn't a comment I agreed with because for a lot of reasons but you know Fleetwood bench it's is very strong um, you know you look at the players they're bringing on there's hundreds of championship appearances between them but um, yeah no, I, I think it was it was just what felt like you were watching the same game unfold that we'd watched the week previous um, and that's yeah and I I everyone they, was watching the, it the weren't
2: frustrating, they you know? the frustrating well, thing Jack is Jack Ross we, had a similar problem we've just never we have just haven't played anybody like it doesn't feel like we play anybody good either and that's the most annoying thing it's like
0: Portsmouth were good.
2: Yeah, but you know, the, that's we've played like thirteen games.
0: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like the considering we've played some of the teams that were fancied, it's it's not like we're saying we're a million miles away from these teams here. There's, there's, you know, the we look so comfortable the first few games. We look so much better than these teams, and that's what's frustrating for me for Parkinson because I, I I just. I don't know. It's one of those. You think was he that far away, and he's just stubborn as costume in the end, or were we picking up points despite him? I guess would be would be well, a an argument was,
2: some people could make. How far away can you be for such a long time, though? If that makes sense, we've always been just on that on the edge of doing what we're need to do every time the opportunity comes we make up that ground and then we've got an opportunity to get in the top three top four and we we take two steps backwards again and then like it sort of happened this week it would have happened this week so we'll play Burton play a Wigan we'll beat them we'll be like fifth or sixth or something and then the opportunity will present itself to get into that top three and then we'd chuck it away and the other teams would win and gain that ground back again and it just, just seemed to be in this pattern where we just can't break into that, and we haven't been able to do it since we've been down here. I think the first season was just because the quality of the league was much better than it was last season, certainly a lot better than this season. Um, and that was the that group was the best group we've had, and I feel as though that team in this league with that setup, we would have we would be comfortable. Um, but you know. It, as as the league's deteriorated, we've deteriorated alongside it, unfortunately we haven't we haven't put our stamp on it.
0: We haven't who's um who made the decision to sack Phil. before? There's a question for you.
1: That's a good question. <laughs> oh listen, I think it, it it is something that interests me a lot and interests me moving forward. It was Jim Rodwell who informed him of the decision. Um you know, Jim Rodwell's been the... Did he form them or did he Zoom chat them? I, I can't give you... I'm not sure about that <laughs> level of detail. Um, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, no, I think it, it is an interesting one because, you know, Rodwell has clearly been the most influential figure at the club recently, over recent months. And, we, you know, we've talked a bit about on this podcast about the changes in the summer, Paul Reid's departure <clears throat> and, and things like that. And, you know, Jim Rodwell very much the... You know the kind of the architect of that, but it's very honestly it's it's very difficult to to piece together who is going to be making this next decision, um, and it's going to tell us a hell of a lot about where the football club's going next. Um, and yeah, it's it is going to be very interesting.
0: Well, yeah, and you're saying it'll, it'll tell us a lot about where the football club's going next. I mean, so many things to unpick and try and get your head around about. What's happening behind the scenes now? Mm-hmm. Who's calling the shots here? Who's calling the shots there? Um, do you understand that they still want to press ahead with this decision to um, bring in a, a sporting director, a stroke director of football?
1: Yeah, I've I've not heard anything to suggest that isn't the case. Um, but I, you know, the the remit of a sporting director or or a director of football can obviously vary hugely, um, and in terms of the level of influence they have. Um, I don't know whether they, they plan to make that appointment before a manager or not right. Um, and that's obviously going to be very revealing in itself isn't it because theoretically a sporting director should be in charge of dictating the style of play and yeah. um, recruitment that goes right through the club from first team to you know junior levels so it would seem very strange to me to appoint a manager and then Appoint a sporting director off the back yeah, of that. I
0: agree with that. I'm glad you said that because I I, I was starting to wonder if I was just going crazy. How it just all the talk seemed to be suggesting they're going to appoint a manager very soon when there isn't this this sporting director, stroke director, football yeah. in place anyway. I've, like you said, somebody who comes in, you know, just to just to just remind people what that role would be. And this is somebody who. Carries the strategy of the club forward yep. so you know how, how everything how everything links with the academy what the transfer policy is what kind of um scout you have where the go It all pieces together the manager is just supposed to be another piece of the jigsaw that fits into the overall um strategy by whoever this is so like you've said there you can't appoint a manager before you appoint a director of football surely
1: no, I I, do, I don't think so. That makes no sense to me. I mean, you know, and as as I alluded to before, sometimes the scope of these roles can be slightly different. Sometimes you'll have a director of football who, generally speaking, is just in charge of, you know, scouting and that side of things. Um, but certainly, a, you know, a sporting director, generally speaking, is... Generally speaking, you get a sporting director at a club where you essentially split the football and the business sides and your sporting director is essentially leading the football side of the club. And as you mentioned, that has absolutely huge implications and boiling down to the academy um, all the way through recruitment. And I think it's it is going to be a really interesting few weeks because, you know, anyone who's read my stuff over the last couple of weeks will know what I thought about the performances on the pitch and things that need to change and what have you. But, you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here either. And when Jack Ross was sacked just over a year ago, you know, I, I said the structure of the football club is, is is nowhere near where it needs to be, nowhere near where it needs to be. And they might get lucky in a point in a brilliant manager who can work miracles, but more often than not, we're we're going to be stuck in this cycle unless the you know unless the structure improves. And twelve months on, I, I really don't think it has. To be honest, um, and, you know the manager is only one very small part of the conversation that needs to happen about where something goes next. And it will be interesting to see how things progress because, like you say, it would seem to me very strange to appoint a manager and then then appoint
2: a separate um, separate sporting director. Well, who knows? I think yeah. it, it's very. Yeah,
0: it, it, I think I think yeah, this
2: yeah. is where the concerns. You know, some people have accused us, in particular, recently, of being negative for the sake of it, mourning about things. Someone I read described the the podcast as cancer, which is nice, isn't it? It's just some people talking about <laughs> football with different opinions. And you're like, well, where have you been for the last two and a half years? Like. Switch on it's all right it's all right You're to not. ask it's all right to ask a question like about the current situation, like look what happened in twenty eighteen right and yeah. learn from it yeah if we don't have to we don't have to like every time someone swings into town with a you know a sack of money with a dollar sign on we don't have to start doing cartwheels down the street because they've got it let's have a look inside the bag first and make sure there's actually something in there you know because we. We've we've done this once, and we need to learn from that. And yet, I know there'll, there'll be arguments about if if um, Louis Dreyfus does take a sixty percent stake in the club, that's a slightly different thing. If he's if it's a forty forty split with him and Sartori, then you've got Sartori with forty, and Donald and Methven with twenty, which gives them essentially control of the football club. So it's a it's a bit of a strange one, but until the, it comes out in the wash, we don't know. And obviously, you know, if given what came out over the weekend, with you know, obviously we've talked about the texts before. They did some of them appeared briefly um, for people to see, and you know that's the kind of person who's around which had absolutely club. nothing to do yeah, with us, nothing to do with us, no. yeah, nothing to do with us. <laughs> um, but the you know the. You're going to see, you know, that that's the kind of person he is, and if he's still involved, I think it's it's right for people to start asking questions now. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until it's happened and don't say, oh, well, you know, oh, well, they're going to je- jeopardise a takeover if, like, you, you criticise Charlie method No, it won't. Like, and if it did, then you don't want them in
0: charge anyway.
2: Like been doing the re- yeah, they've not been exactly. doing the research
0: if if that, if that's the case exactly. um, I, and and this is what a lot of people are asking Phil in I, you know nobody wants this to work out more than me and more than us as a collective It's ridiculous to suggest otherwise I don't think you can blame fans after what happened two years ago when we were just you know and some more than others but we we all to an extent bought into what the these guys were doing listen to the to the promises that have turned out to be empty promises and give them our full support. Of course, if these people are still going to be involved in your football club, you're going to ask some questions and you're going to do a little bit digging and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And it does just... The main question that the people who think like this has, I guess, Phil, is if the current owners are so desperate to leave and reference the fact the thought that they well they acknowledged that they had outstayed their welcome mm-hmm. and they, you know they used those terms not us um, you know they brought that terminology um, to the table Why do they want us to still be around and why does a, a potential new owner still want them around those, those are the questions.
1: You don't you don't want me to try and answer them. Do you? I want you to give me the bloody answer for this, Phil.
0: I'm expecting you to know. Oh, <laughs> you're look, you're gonna shed some light on this whole thing. Yeah, I think that I
1: think that from the, the, the conversations I've had and it does seem to me that Stuart is very much intending to take a step entirely back. Um, you know, sleeping partner is the phrase that you hear. Now, why you would then still keep a fifteen percent stake in the club i'll leave other people to just kind of speculate on i'm sure we can all think of a, a few reasons why that might be the case um but you know Gareth made a, a really good reasons. point there <laughs> no comment um i think Gareth made a really good point there in terms of you know it, it, when i say that the next few weeks are going to tell us a huge amount about the club you know it, it, we will learn a lot from these little details that we don't know yet is, is Louis Dreyfus going to have a majority shareholding on his own? Who's he bringing in with him? Um, you know, who's he going to put on the board? These are all vital questions and it is, anyone who's coming into the club is coming into a club where if they show there is a vision, a strategy, investment, and I don't mean throw money at players, I mean generally investing in the club growing over a long period of time, they will be welcomed hugely and anyone worth their salt will take scepticism from fans and fans asking questions and, and wanting to hold them accountable. and they should see that as healthy and no one should want to hide away from that. Um so I think that, you know, there's still there's still a lot I don't know about it, there's still a lot we don't know about it, but it's 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 only right to ask questions because, you know, the current regime have been in charge for two and a half years and the club has not progressed. End of. And so it's only it only fair it, Well, yeah that's that's totally fair and so it's only right to 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 ask questions and and have a i I see it as i honestly say it's healthy it's a healthy caution it's a it's a healthy skepticism and you know anyone who wants to buy the club who has a genuine desire to progress it shouldn't fear that because they would you know they would be welcomed and they would be given a huge amount of support and we saw that the last time when when the owners had seats changed for them when they had people setting league one attendance records when they were asked to and all sorts so um, it's going to be a it's going to be a big few weeks, and you know, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how things shake down in terms of, you know, percentages and and, and who actually you know commands it. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I mean,
0: you who know, does the speaking as well? Yeah. That, that's you know that these little these little decisions as well. So so you know if this goes through, who tells us about it? Who's putting their name on it? So who's 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 coming out? And now I'm you know I I wouldn't expect them to go down the same route they did last time and, and go on. Podcasts and the like, and nor do I think they should do that, frankly. Um, but it would be interesting to know. So, if there are plans going forward, whose plans are there, and and you know who's calling the shots and who's who's the public face of this well, just, is, is going to be the, interesting, isn't it? And
2: but the interesting early indications are a lot of people are making the assumption, and it's a logical assumption to make that the decision to Sackfield Parkinson has been made with the fact that the takeover is going to happen in the next few days. Um, or whatever um, but we've heard that before um, and we've seen before somebody like Mark Campbell come to the table and have an influence in a pre-season that happened so you know he he's having discussions with Jack Ross about which players he's going to bring in he hasn't even you know he hasn't got to put the piss in but he's like managed to like somehow get to a situation where he's having some sort of control and sort of influence on the football side of things cuz he may or may not turn up take over the football club so this is something that's happened before these are patterns that if it all comes off and it's great then great but it and we've talked before about you know, make, making the same mistakes just on a different scale, and we've done that again the last two and a half years. Rather than che- learning from what we've done in the past, you know, at the football club, and a lot of talk about learning from that, those mistakes, we just made the same ones over and over again. Anyway, just in league in league one instead of the Premier League, and that you know, this week looking at it, if they still haven't interviewed finally and appointed a sporting director, for example, and they still haven't narrowed down the manager that they want then it says to me you know like you said who's making these decisions it says to me that they're not sure themselves fully what they're doing you know do you want to get on the discussion about managers now moving on from that I mean obviously there's the, the, the odds and the bookmakers whatever suggesting there's probably two front runners and to be Danny Cowley yeah and, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, and Gus it. We'll,
0: yeah, should we should we do that and should we have should we have a quick break and then and then we'll come back and spend the last 10, 15 on, on just talking about um who might come in because you know I'm I'm sick of all the, the bloody the, the talk about how things have been run at the minute because it's just a bit of a mess and you know maybe maybe they're saying it isn't a mess and we wait for them to present something to us and maybe we'll I'll hold my tongue a little bit until that happens um, so we'll take a little break a little break now we are recording this today on cyber monday which is quite a new marketing thing relatively new does somebody want to explain what cyber monday is for people who don't know
1: this is literally the first time i have ever heard the phrase cyber monday really so, yeah.
0: it's
2: black friday but on a monday and black friday now right.
0: lasts for two weeks yeah that's all it is it's just it's it's just be, it, it's, it's going to end up like the so DFS sale it, it isn't it, in be. about
2: twenty years' time. It's just every day is going to be cyber Cyber Saturday or you know save the, you, money. It used Sunday. to be a shop in the
0: town, and this I'm showing sure my age here, and you will only remember this if you're in your thirties minimum. Um, the Officers' Club, remember that in the, yeah. in the Bridges, yeah. and that was a seventy percent sale, but it was permanently seventy percent sale. The signs were every single day all year, all every day all year round. Uh, anyway, Cyber Monday is the extension of Black Friday and From the Terraces are offering 25% off their items. So ignore the WMS10 um, discount code. You're not going to you're not going to increase your percentage unfortunately. Um, but they uh, it is a good time to go and check them out. Yeah.
2: Go to fromtheterraces.co.uk and, um, yeah, and you'll get um, 25% off your basket today. How exciting which is quite exciting to be fair it's very exciting Um, it's very exciting for me i didn't even know this
1: was a thing so there you go that's quite (laughs) well there you go you
2: get straight on it when you get off this uh when you get off this pod straight off it straight on the front the terraces.co.uk just go mad go mad for christmas my dull monday's become (laughs) silent monday yeah, Stephen making up a bottle for his child. He doesn't know. He's taking his earphones off, so he doesn't know. But uh, see, he's a modern man. He's a podcaster and father. He's one. He's one. He's one child away from becoming a full Chris Coleman. Um, <laughs> so. That's not gonna
0: happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> you never know. Keep going. I've You never know. Got you never know.
2: What, be- what a beautiful moment that we have just captured on the podcast there but uh, yeah just goes to show we've all got lives <laughs> as well and um, why we are we are spewing bile and hate um, on this podcast uh, in order to turn everyone against um, whoever's in charge of the football club yeah um, yeah shall so we I carry on Stephen, or are you just going anyway. to We'll carry on
0: with the manager with the, yeah the man no the manager's the the manager situation Talking about you, managers. you you, were, yeah, so, you touched yeah. on it before the...
2: it looks as though the the two in the two in in question or the, t- the two at the top of the list um, it's Danny Cowley who was at um, obviously Lincoln very successful spell at Lincoln and then he went on to Huddersfield and it obviously didn't work out quite right for him there but it, it looks like a bit of a strange situation um, and on the other hand you've got some might argue as a, a romantic return of Gus Poyer, even though as we touched on earlier it didn't exactly End well, but it rarely does, does it? Um, for a football no. manager, especially at Sunderland. Um, so,
0: interestingly, I'm, if those two are the two the, the the two main candidates, and a lot of people are suggesting that they are, um, they are chalk and cheese, Phil, aren't they? In terms of what how they like to play football.
1: Well, this is this is getting back to what's kind of underpinning this whole podcast, right? Is <laughs> you know, they are two very, very different decisions. So, it seems very, very strange to me that one person would, you know, have those two candidates. Um, I mean, what I, w- what I would say is that I do, I do think the net is being cast a little bit wider than that. I'm not saying that one of those two isn't going to get the job. They may well do, um, and certainly, you know, both of them have admirers um, at the club. But I, I do think, I do think the the net has been cast a little wider than that. But yeah, they're two you know, as you allude to, they're two hugely contrasting styles, two hugely contrasting managers. Um, and we're not, we're used to that at Sunderland, where you look at a managerial shortlist and you think, I'm not entirely sure what the brief is here or, you know, what what's tra- they're trying to achieve here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think both of them, I think, to be fair, are fairly strong candidates. I mean, I know Gareth alluded to there that it didn't really work out for Danny Cowley at Huddersfield, but, you know, it was a slightly odd one. He did keep them up last year and, I think Huddersfield were probably in a fairly similar situation in the Championship last year to when Sunderland were, um, you know, in terms of the fact that they'd come down, lost so many games and that kind of rot had set in. So I do think it was a bit of an achievement to keep them up, to be honest, and it does sound like it was more about, his departure was more about control behind the scenes over yeah. recruitment and what have you, um, and not seeing Ike right, why with the chairman, um, so to speak. So I think, yeah, I wouldn't get too, I'm not reading too much in his time at Huddersfield, actually, Um And Gus, yeah, I mean, what do you take from Gus? Do you take the cup run or do you take being losing 4-0 to Tim Sherwood? I don't know. 8-0
0: at Southampton. I'd forgotten about that one entirely. (laughs) I'd forgotten about that one.
1: At least that one was was funny, though, with Virginia and that, (laughs) do you know what I mean? At least there was a bit of comedy value to that one. I mean, Sherwood, though, come on.
0: Well four 0 down and
2: you know, after. I mean we Yeah. 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 Seriously, and, Bradford, no, I'm and just, lose losing to a third division team in the FA Cup.
0: Didn't wasn't wasn't Sherwood in charge of Spurs when they beat us. Five one as well.
2: Yes. I I think he was actually right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. May I get Sherwood in. Yeah, look, he, yeah, he knows right how to put a team together. <laughs> he knows how to put a team together.
2: I mean Swindon, it, didn't I mean he? just
0: for Recently. people who don't know though, Phil so because um Danny Cowley's name gets mentioned a lot when, when people discuss potential um new managers and, and and you can understand why they've built up a, a good reputation in mm. the lower leagues, did you know was it back to back promotion, did you say, with Lincoln? With Lincoln, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and 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 young, and, and seen to be young and progressive. Um actually he's quite direct and pragmatic, isn't he? I think it's fair to say. It's it, his style of play yeah. might not be what some people think it is. No,
1: if if yeah, if there's any perception that it's tick attacker, it's certainly not. I mean, I think, again, certainly at Huddersfield, I think you'd have to say that he had a job, which was to keep a losing team in the league, um, and that lends itself to a certain style, I think. But, yeah, certainly his Lincoln team, I don't think they were afraid to mix it up at all. I think he very much um, played with a lot of width, um, liked to get the ball into the box. I don't think they were afraid about that at all. Um so yeah, it's if the perception is that it's you know, it's gus esque possession based football, I certainly don't think that's the case. But I don't I mean I don't know, I mean you guys will be able to answer this question a lot better than me, is is the issue being direct or is it a lack of intent? Because his Lincolnside did score an awful lot of goals along the way, do you know what I mean? So it wasn't all passing football necessarily but they were aggressive they were attacking um, and they scored a lot of goals so it's, it's I don't know how say, fans would view that. You
0: know, in, until, until you see it in action because Sam Allardyce came with this reputation that, that he was going to just have disgusting football watch, watching it was difficult the first month or two while he got his players used to how he wanted but by the end that was you know that was that was all right and that was quite a, you know, attacking football and I don't think Southern fans mind getting the ball up the pitch quicker, as long as it's not. But there's different ways of looking at it. So, like we said, Allardyce did it in a way that was was okay to watch. I mean, the players help. Parkinson, when he first came in, didn't do it in a, in a way that was that was good to watch. That was difficult to watch before he changed his ways. So, um, I think that would be in, interesting, wouldn't it? Um, in terms of style, I just think you do feel like there's a big job in him somewhere. It, I think it was in
2: terms of style. You just got to. Do you do it passively or do you do it aggressively? And that's where the problems lie. No matter what you do, if it's a passive approach to the to whatever system or style of play you want, it's going to irritate. So if you're not getting up and you know getting into people's faces and you know trying to you know put your foot on the throat, like we talked about at home plenty of times last season, you know we just didn't, we didn't, we didn't put you know our uh, we didn't put um you know our foot on their throat enough um and you know it, it was just very frustrating at times where we just kind of let teams we just let we just let teams do whatever they want um and it's very frustrating um and and that's that's what, whoever comes in that's the last thing i want to see um like you know People just coming and like being allowed to do whatever they want, and us letting letting them do things. You know, we should be able to, you know, assert some authority on the game and be aggressive.
0: Yeah, um, we we know what Poit about in terms of his style of football. Um, he. He'd, it's a really interesting moment of Gus, but I've got fond memories of I really did like Gus when he was our manager. And whether whether that's just been... Because we were in a lucky position where we used to speak to him a lot and maybe I'm, I'm letting you know that side of it cloud my judgement a little bit. But like you said, Phil, it's do you look at the Cup final run, and it's hard to ignore that and that way we were playing football towards the end of that season. And even the way we started the next season, we just think... You know that game against Hull after we beat Newcastle away when we had two stormwall penalties turned down, we ended up losing, and things seemed to unravel from there, didn't they? But they unravelled quite quickly as they tend to for Sunderland managers.
1: Yeah, it's actually, it's interesting because the tables kind of turn on that one because, you know, that period, obviously you guys, you guys kind of in a professional sense, that, that was just pure being a fan for me in those days, and I I loved the time. I absolutely loved it. I looked forward to watching the team. I liked the way he carried himself. Um, you know, I I loved the passion he had. It was, a you know, I, I do Remember that time really fondly, and you know, the players, good Premier League players, seem to rate him as a coach. Um, you know, his record at this level is, is, is good, you know, he, he did superbly with Brighton, so yeah, it's a really interesting one, mind you. I think it would be, um, I think it would be lively because he wasn't afraid to say what he thought about the setup when were in the Premier League, so
0: yeah, um, which of course involved a sporting director, and he, uh, and he wasn't happy about it, was he? And he
1: certainly hasn't mellowed in the years since, it's fair to say, so um. So, yeah, that, that that side of things would be quite lively and interesting for me, I would imagine, in my current uh, in my current role. But I do, on, like I said there about, do you remember the cup run of the cup or the Aston Villa game? I mean, I do have fond memories of that time, to be fair.
2: I mean, we talked about... Me too. During, during, the, not, lo- during the lockdown, we did the... or the lads did the six, few season review pods and the 13-14 the season was one of those seasons. And I think we came to the conclusion afterwards or, you know, that was probably... At, the favourite season we had since we got promoted in that, you know, within that last ten years, in the Premier League, that was probably the the funnest season that that we had. Um,
0: from like, from January, the, the second half of that season, from from January onwards, yeah, I'd, when when I'd, when, yeah. when form picked up, we had <laughs> we had a dip after the League Cup final, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I think it's um, you know with. Like like you say, Stephen. I I liked I liked Poya and I liked his, like all the points Phil's touch on there is you know he gives gives you a lot. He's very he likes to talk about football and he's passionate about football and he's lively and he's alive. You know you you can see that it's in his eyes. You know when you see the post match and that how much he was bothered about it. you know, some of the managers have had since have been quite insipid in that regard and I think I don't think that's like we've seen a bit with Phil Parkinson, it's just very, like bland and I know it's it's not just about that, but you've got to try and reinvigorate people, you've got to try and make people believe in what you're doing. And I think Poyet could do that. Um and I think he could win people back very quickly. Um but I do have, I do have doubt about. You turn it.
0: on the charm straight away. Huh? <laughs> well,
2: of course you would. But like, I just have the, I just have that doubt. I just have that doubt about it. Like, I think if it happened, I'd uh, so, ha- what, what, I think is, I would ha- like it because... be happy. I'd be happy about it if it happened in some ways. But it doesn't feel like a good idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like one of them. It just feels like a bad idea. But. If it happened, I'd probably be like excited. It, I'd probably be a bit excited about it, but it's, it's stupid. It, it, it it's it stupid. It's not based on any logic or rationality. It's just that's football. I was going to
0: say, it? is it? Is it just? Is it just based on because you're saying you should never go back and stuff like that? Which no, which
2: I don't. I don't know. It's something that. that people throw around a lot. No, I just uh, so, so because the style of football when it worked and you know, he got got us going. score and it was great at times, but. Do we need slow build up now? When our problem is we're playing in front of people too much. Is he going to come and play the same way? Is that what people are going to respond to if we if we don't win enough games initially? Are people going to be like, oh well, this is just like turgid, boring, sideways passing football? We're not penetrating enough, and the same problems that we've had in the park. And that's what, it'll, yeah, with,
0: that's what will be. That's what it'll be because yeah. it's whether he's got the players up front. Yeah, because there was there was never a plan B really with Gus, was there? No, no, you know, not really, because because well, we, you know we we talked about, the about word very his, good. his downfall, his downfall, his downfall was because was because he couldn't find a way to get Jermaine Defoe in the yeah. team, and we all said yeah. that. Yeah, you know, we we all said that, and then I mean, I mean, um Dick Advocat did to a degree, and Sam Allardyce did fully, but yeah. that that was the one that was the one thing. So um
2: Jordi Gomez on the wheel you know, against QPR. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Never, never forget, never I know. forget. I know, I know. I, I, I'm Tom. The two I, I do like the idea just because I like him so much, and I, I do think that maybe because he's starting from the bottom, he would be able to build something. He's not expected to just to, to scramble around in the Premier League like he was. But it's that it's that relationship with the sporting director Phil again, isn't it? Because he didn't like that, and he's not having it. And, but what if? And, what if?
2: What if he said, I'll, "I'll take"? What if they said, "Right, you're our preferred choice"? And you said, "Right," because remember, these people haven't been employed yet, right? So if he said, "Right, I'll take the job," if you don't employ your sporting director, what do you think they'd do? Well, do you think they'd say, "All right," or do you think they'd go, "No, sorry, this is a plan," and it's going to be somebody else? What do you think? What do you think they'd do?
0: I think they should do the second one. I don't know. I I don't know. It's hard not to be cynical. Do you think? I mean, Phil, like, I think. Part of me thinks they think Poyet will be a good choice because it'll get the fans off their back, frankly, for a bit. Because fans will be happy with that appointment. And you know, like Gav says, the, would would they sacrifice this whole new model if 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 somebody like Gus Poit was going to ask of it? It's a big call, isn't it?
1: If he if he brings back Virginie, I am fully on board. <laughs> um, that's that is my stance. That is my editorial stance. <laughs> if it's him and Virginie, then yeah, I am all for it. Now it's. it would be pretty alarming if they did abandon the model but as I say it would be very alarming but I I don't know if that's the case and that's what we're still trying to piece together isn't it Um, well it it depends who's making the decisions doesn't it yeah Mm.
2: I'm just having a look silence because nobody knows I'm actually just looking to 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 see where um, I'm just looking to see where Santiago Virginia is now (laughs) Is he? I don't know if he's retired. Oh. How old is he? He's thirty-two. Wildgareth's well, still he's not. 32. We'll have to fill. He's thirty-two. Is that all um, he is? Yeah, yeah.
0: Is that all he is? I thought he was about twenty-nine when he
2: played for us. He signed a three-year contract um, at San Lorenzo um, in 2019, and according to Wikipedia, he's played three games. Uh, for the Renzo since twenty nineteen, so
0: that would be yeah. amazing. Do you know what? It. It, 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 bring he, him he home. He could play. He could play as one of three centre halves, and, yeah. and he could. Yeah, he would be great. He so. would. Yeah, be. agree.
2: Oh, yeah, I am sold now. Well done, thanks, Phil. Yeah, I I'm mean, <laughs> imagine him just stepping out from the left,
1: playing those little balls into Denver Hume. Oh my word! I am not going to sleep tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bring um, him home. Do you? I mean, just to, you know. It'd be interesting to see how quickly we get some news. Um, I didn't even know if you'd bother with the Burton game. Do people have any strong? Pre- it's going to be somebody who's unemployed. I mean, isn't it? They're not. They're not going to be paying anybody compensation. You wouldn't have thought so. Paul Cook. I know the lads discussed on the on the sort of reaction pod that they put out. They put out last night is a strong choice. I, I I'll be relatively happy with Paul Cook. I think. I think he's done a good job at this level wherever he's been. I do. I like Gareth. I'm kind of romanticising about the idea of poet and let my heart rule my head a little bit. Because again, like Gareth says, it's I'm just not sure if it's a good. I'm not sure there's much long termism in it. Um, and with with Cowley, I'm 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 not sure. I'll be honest. Um, does anybody have a preference I out th- of either those three or somebody le- uh, to the left field? I think like it's a bit of a
1: cop out of an answer, but I think like. It's kind of what we're getting back to. I think certainly for me, Cowley and Poya would both be quite strong candidates, but in their own way. And what I would really like is when the appointment happens, is for someone from the club to be able to come out and explain how it fits into what the club's going to do yes. over the next two to three years. That's what I want. And I want to be able to then look at that and say, oh, okay, that makes sense to me because if this is what you're trying to do and these are the people you're bringing in, that manager makes sense and I can understand how it, how it can work. And then maybe when they go, whenever that is, you can go for this person because it's a logical progression and we don't go through this thing where we change it all over again. It's
0: Sound logic, Phil, and that needs to happen because we've mentioned before again that, you know, we saw Charlie be very vocal about Jack Ross and his time here on on Sunderland Till I Die on season two and then he's went and uh, appointed a manager who, who was even more cautious than him. So, you know, there needs to be thought behind this recruitment and there needs to be an explanation behind it as well Gareth think, do you have a do you have a choice I think
2: at the moment I'm very much on the fence um, however if I'd had like two or three <laughs> beers I'd be going I would is- <laughs> it, <boy laughs> I would that's what would happen but that's because it's like it's the inhibitions <laughs> it's your inhibitions you, you know it's it's you don't you kind of you know it's a bad idea but like we've had like a lot of like just crap for ages, and may, maybe it would be something that would... I mean, maybe would, I could completely misread the situation, and, you know, the, after after this, you could go online and see loads of people saying, like, you know, Poet wouldn't lift the mood, it would be a, a bad appointment. Um, But I, I, what I would say, I'd, I think out of I'd, those I'd, two, I'd. I think out of those two, I think those two would probably interest me more than... Phil Parkinson remained as manager, and if those two were available when Phil Parkinson got the job, I would have been more interested in one of those two getting the job than him.
0: Oh, well, I have to see what happens. I think Poet's liked when I rang me dad yesterday and, and filled him on in the news. He said he likes Poet and he would be happy about that. So, well, that's that's just an insight into one person who doesn't do <laughs> so really do social media and stuff like that. I, my, which, which I know the club pay way dad too dad much. In, way and too he said much.
2: Poet, I spoke when I spoke to my dad today. He said he, he said he said yeah, he is the older generation he, speaking. He said he played some nice football. The club obsessed there, far
0: yeah, too so. much over over social media, don't they? And yeah. there's a a whole new generation who'll <clears throat> probably back up what you're thinking anyway. Right, well it'll be interesting because it going to move really quickly. I don't think you know very very quickly is anything to discuss ahead of the Burton came um, And <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing, yeah, you know, no idea what 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 this guy's sort of. It's his first coaching job, isn't it? Yeah. Um yeah. so he's only really worked under Parkinson, yeah, in terms of being a coach. So we've got no idea what his philosophy is or what he's gonna do, but you wouldn't imagine he's gonna try anything. Um, you know he's not gonna get the job, so you wouldn't imagine he's gonna try anything too drastic, would you?
1: No, I would imagine the setup would pretty much be the same, um, you know, as what Very. we what we're used to. Um which to be fair as well, you know, do you? rip something up entirely no, 2 days before a game I no. to be fair whether you agree with it or not I'm not sure that would be sensible anyway um yeah. but as you say it was his it's his first coaching job he was brought in by Phil Parkinson um I would I would be surprised if you know we saw anything different and that you know Burton are struggling side that we should still expect that to be enough
2: we could turn it into a reality <laughs> tv you show um, the appointment of the manager burnfully <laughs> so we get like there's a stream for the game tomorrow night and it's going to be sent to either Cowley or Poya to decide who gets the job. I mean, like fill them <clears> sitting, <throat> like waiting to see if they've got um, if they're going to receive the link. We can call it the link. There you go. And then when it comes in, they'll know if they've got the job. So when it ticks past like seven forty-five, and they haven't been given the link, then know that they haven't been haven't been successful. So there you go. I think it will be pretty short-lived yeah, yeah, and then uh, series. It would be very specific to tomorrow <laughs> night, and that would be it.
0: It'd be good. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what decision comes first. I think uh, whether we hear, you know, who the new sporting director is first, or whether the golf manager first. I think that's a really, really interesting, interesting thing that might tell us a lot about. How stable things are. I thought I thought you <laughs> um, meant whether they'd bring the
1: scenes. I thought you meant whether they'd bring Poye or Virginie back first. <laughs> How good would that be if they brought Virginie back <laughs> and announced him and then like built it up to Poye coming back? Oh that'd be
2: so good. What or, or what could happen is that yes. they appoint the sporting director and then he signs Virginie and Bridcut, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then Gus was like, "Actually, and yeah. Buckley, what's yeah, Will yeah, Buckley I, doing? Buckley's Buckley. a free
1: agent. Will Buckley's a free agent. I'm sure he is, <laughs> or at least yeah. he was. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, He can so remember free. some of these terrible silence because <laughs> it's, it's ironic because that that's you know he hated the fact that somebody was do the doing the transfer stuff for him. But by far the biggest criticism of Poyet was his transfer business. He made some shockers. We're still paying for one of them, aren't we? Yeah. I yeah, don't think that was
1: entirely his still fault in court. mind, but <laughs> st- st- still in court, no. one of them, yeah. 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 He couldn't get him well, in his team. Okay. Do you know what I mean?
2: With, Al- with Alvarez, he couldn't get him he couldn't get him in. He like he couldn't find a way to play him. Like he couldn't he just oh, couldn't no. get him well, in the team.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. Remember well he, remember came on days days he came
2: to on the QBR game, game at half time, didn't he? And like played quite well. Um and I think a lot then that that was like before he had the, the, the old meltdown.
0: Yeah, that was interesting and that was a that was a good meltdown. I was there for yeah. that one, just open mouthed as he was saying <laughs> it <laughs> I wonder if I still got it one of me phones somewhere. Mm, right, anyway. Let's see what happens over the next couple of days, um, and yeah, at least there's something happen At least there's something <laughs> to talk about and almost, almost feel positive about. But we're going to still keep asking questions. I'm sorry uh, if you don't like that, but is what it is, as the kids say. Right, thanks for listening. <laughs>